Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. Today we're going to be talking about Yo-Kai Watch Season 1. We're also going to be talking about Director's Close-Up, Another Type of Narrative, Truth of Documentaries. We're also going to be talking about Octonauts, Reef Rescue, and Sesame Street Celebrate Life. But right now we're going to start the show talking to the wonderful Callista about Yo-Kai Watch Season 1. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Wonderful. So this show is a Disney XD show that is on DVD currently right now. Uh, so tell us about what this show is. Okay. This show basically follows a kid named Nate who finds a yokai, which is basically a mischievous spirit that is normally invisible to the human eye in a capsule machine. And this uh, yokai named Whisper gives him a watch that allows him to see the normally invisible yokai. And the series is mostly just following Nate, meeting a bunch of random yokai and solving their problems. Now, there's been different iterations of this. It was a manga, then it was a video game, and so on and so forth. And then it became a television show. So this was your first introduction to this whole franchise. Am I right? Actually, no. Oh, wow. Uh, no, uh, I actually played a little bit of the first yokai watch game that officially came to America because because it actually took a few years for it to come to the United States for some reason. I don't know. Look, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of Japanese things, so localization is kind of a mess. But oh. that's a that's a subject for a whole other time. <laughs> but yeah, I played the first uh, Yokai Watch game. I never beat it because it was it had a humongous difficulty spike, and I haven't played it since like 2015. So mm. it's been a while. So yeah, let me just say. Uh, Watching the Yokai Watch series made me realize, like, wow, I haven't thought of this series in quite a while. So that was at least kind of interesting. So being this, so you you had some history with the video game. How was it to see this transition into a television show? It, from what I remember, the sh- the game was mostly similar to the show. I don't remember there being any kind of like overarching conflict, and maybe there was one set up eventually but I quit playing the game after the first boss fight because I never beat it so as far as I know the TV show is pretty accurate and let's just get right into the TV show then so being this is the first season uh, how were you engaged like did you um, did you feel like it was a very engaging television show I've never really been that into yokai watch but I will admit I did find the TV show like kind of entertaining which is a bit surprising for me because anyone who knows me will tell you that I am a huge fan of like overarching plots and I love analyzing like deeper meanings and stuff like that so I was kind of surprised that I ended up finding this as enjoyable as I did it I wouldn't say it's something that I would genuinely watch like as a long time for the few episodes that I saw it was pretty entertaining so who would you, like, recommend this show to? Not just age range, but, like, what kind of people do you think would enjoy the show? Well, I would just definitely recommend this for younger people in general. This this is a very, like, this show is definitely aimed at a much younger audience than, so I would say, like, if you have 
like a little kid or you want something to watch with like the whole family, I'd say probably go for this because it it does fit its role as like sort of like a, a, a it it's a much basically it is not for someone like me who's like a teenager. I mean, I still found it entertaining, but you can tell who it was made for pretty. And if you are a fan of things like otherworldly creatures, any kind of monster or anything like that, I'd probably recommend this. I wouldn't really say monster. Monster feels like a pretty, like, easy word to describe these creatures as, even though they're significantly more adorable than, like, what you usually think of when you think of a monster. But I would recommend it for I would recommend it for anyone who kind of likes shows with like weird creatures and stuff like that because some of these designs are pretty. I'll say. Well, it's definitely that kind of it's that again the Japanese animation style, which is over the top. These very hilarious, adorable caricatures. There's a cat. There's a ghost. There's all. Yeah, it is a. You were saying? I was just gonna say, yeah, it is a pretty like typical anime style although it is kind of weird to narrow down a like typical anime style because i've been getting more into like things that would be considered anime and like i can tell you that they don't all look the same because there's a very there's like very noticeable differences but it's kind of hard to pin down exactly what it is definitely that's very interesting you're listening to Kids Most Coming Attractions. I'm your host keeper blake Sleeve. we're going to continue the show talking to Callista about yo kai season one so, um, Calista, we were just talking about that, that it's the, this interesting anime style of this an, or the animation, but um, tell us a bit more, what did you enjoy about the animation? I mean, I usually, when I look at animation, I'll usually look at, like, okay, does it move very naturally? Does it, like, is it appealing to look at? Like, do the colors, like, do the colors pop and they're not boring, but they also don't hurt your eyes? And I do feel like this does achieve all of those aspects, but with mostly, like, average results, there's only a few instances where I would say that, like, the animation gets, like, really, like, like unique and sort of, like, it, it feels like it has its own style. Yeah. And those instances are the, uh, the opening, which I would say I do like that, like, because you know some shows have, like, a little, like, opening animation that's, like, at least a minute long? I did like this, the one that uh, accompanying this show. I didn't really care much for the music, but I did like the opening. And the moments when Nate would use a yokai metal, like, it was animated weirdly good. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but just, like, the whole sequence of, of events was really entertaining to look at. Interesting. Well, definitely, because... I find it funny with, like, definitely with anime shows is that they always have that amazing opening with all this great, with, like, this fast-paced song animation. And then when you watch the show, it looks just a little bit different. Like, they put all the money towards the opening of the, to get people into it. And then the animation just slightly downgraded a little bit. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because I've seen some really good anime openings, so, like... So and insane. They're, they're completely insane, and it's it's fast. It's a great style. It's this whole genre. Anime is its own genre, in my opinion. Of of animation is it's it's it has a, a definitely a group of people. Uh, I like it. I haven't really gotten into it that much because I don't watch a lot of anime. I I was I went through a Naruto stage and I went through a Pokemon stage. But even people can say that 
Pokemon is not really anime because it's Americanized. Well, to be fair, though, it has its origins in Japan, so therefore it is anime. That, I mean. That's true, but some people argue about it. I don't know. It's one of those weird, touchy subjects. But with Yokai, it's very much... Yokai Watch, it's very much a very faithful anime style, and it just seems really adorable. So if you had to describe this show in three words, what would they be? Cute, entertaining. I could just say moral-focused and pretend that's one word. More for more hyphen focus. That's right. what I was thinking. Perfect. There you go. That's perfect. And it and it, it's it's honestly an adorable show that you can check it out on Disney XD, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Now, all those streaming sites. But thank you so much, Calista, for talking about Yokai Watch Season One. Uh, of course. Thank you for having me. If you're looking for a cute, entertaining, and morally focused show, be sure to check out Yokai Watch on all your streaming services and also Disney. With that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, and next we'll be talking with Jerry about a director's close-up, another type of narrative, the truth of docs. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you. Of course. So can you tell me what this event is and what you got to do? It sounds really interesting. Yeah, of course. The director's close-up, they run it all throughout uh, the end of January and all the way to the end of February. And basically what it's about is it's about directors. Very shocking from the name. And But more than that, it talks about a lot of different topics and it talks about a lot of different experiences that people have. It The first panel was about writers. The second panel was about actors. You got the third panel now, which is about documentarians. The fourth panel was, was about the overall independent filmmaking as a whole. And it just really brings you very in-depth with a lot of incredibly famous, incredibly talented creators that really you don't see very often. It's not very easy to see. And these give you an opportunity to learn from them, to learn from what they learned themselves over their career and also ask them questions. So this one specifically, like I said, is all about documentarians. We've got a director of On Her Shoulders, director of Off Fathers and Sons, director of Money the Gap, director of Won't You Be My Neighbor, and director of... Uh, shirkers as well and there's a a couple nominated people i believe i believe one or two of them yeah uh fathers and sons and mining the gap are both oscar nominated document documentaries as well wow what an opportunity that sounds really wonderful so how was this experience for you it was really incredible you know documentaries don't really get a lot of the spotlight because you know cinema is mostly in many people's eyes fictional where you have narrative films that may be biopictures where they tell real stories but they're generally dramatized and documentaries really show a huge 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 important thing in our lives that's the world we live in and i think that what the directors really proved is that it's not true that a documentary doesn't tell a story a documentary tells a really really important story and that's the real stories you know i feel like what they all shared what they all agreed with is that A documentarian is someone who's extremely talented at telling a story in real life, not just coming up with one or converting one that happened in history. I mean, for example, Morgan Nivelle, who directed Won't You Be My Neighbor, based on Fred Rogers, he talked a lot about how he wanted to tell Fred's story and he wanted to really show the character. And I think that's what documentaries are all about. Yeah, well, I agree with everything you said. I remember um, a while ago, I used to be sort of scared of documentaries. And when we were looking for movies, I was like, eh, I don't want to watch a documentary. But I feel in the recent years, as I've gotten more familiar with them, they're a completely new genre and they're fascinating in their own way. And so in this um, panel, who did you get to see or speak to and what were you able to learn from them? Well, there's quite a few people. There's Alexandria Bombach, who was the director of On Her Shoulders, Talal Derki, who's director of Off Fathers and Sons, Bing Liu, who's director of Mining the Gap, Morgan Neville, who's director of Won't You Be My Neighbor, and Sandy Tan, who's director of Shirkers. And what I was really interested in was Sandy's story. So her documentary was about a film that she and a lot of her friends made when they were very, very, very young. I believe it was in Singapore. 
And basically what happened was the director of the film actually stole, this was back when it was shot on actual film tapes, actually stole the film tapes from them and they completely just lost access to the footage of the film. And she randomly was able to get access to it in documentaries about her story with it. And I just thought that was such a really interesting plot because that is something that can only happen in real life. You'd never hear that happening in a fictional story because it's something so unique. And that was really interesting to hear her experiences with it. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I feel sometimes um, the most original stories are the ones that are true because some things, like you said, that happen in real life, you just cannot make up. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Yokai Watch Season 1, Sesame Street Celebrate Life. Welcome. We're going to be welcoming some new Kids First film critics. We're going to be talking about Octonauts Rescue, and I'm going to continue talking with Jerry about the director's close-up, another type of narrative, the truth of docs. So you were just telling me about this really wonderful lady who came up with this original idea. And so did any of the answers to the questions um, that were asked during this panel surprise you as well? It was really interesting. You know, documentaries as a whole just have so many different elements. I remember some things that Morgan said when he was talking about uh, how he decides. I actually have a quote from him. He said that my my criteria for making a film is a film I can't imagine not making. If I can think of a reason not to make a film, I won't make it. And I thought that was really simple but really powerful because it's right. To make a good film, you have to be really passionate about the story. And I think Morgan expressed that perfectly. Yeah, that is such a deep quote. Wow, I think that's going to be one of my favorites now. Um, So what do you think after um, attending this panel and seeing where documentaries have been in the past year, um, what do you think the future is going to look like for documentaries? You know, I think that as more and more people get access to more and more technology where they can have better camera equipment, better sound, I mean, it's ridiculous now that anybody can just own a phone that really captures pretty close to real life quality. And I think that's going to really improve documentaries because a big thing with documentaries is that you don't have a lot of options. Talal Durkee, who was the director of, of Fathers and Sons, literally went into very, very dangerous jihadist territory in the Middle East where he basically had access to his camera and a very small amount of money. And if he got anything else, he, had, he was in huge risk of getting abducted. So... I think that the what we have here, where it's a lot more camera technology out there, will definitely allow a lot more documentarians to really film whatever you, they want. I mean, almost everybody in America and almost everybody in a first world country has some sort of camera, has used some sort of camera and records di- many different things. So I really feel like documentaries as a whole are going to become a lot more commonplace. That may dilute it with lower quality ones, but I also think that will give a lot more creators an opportunity to express themselves. That is a really good point. And as you said that, it makes me wonder, you know, um, people, I mean, almost every single person has a story to tell. And um, if everyone takes that initiative, you know, to tell their story through documentaries and film, you know, the world could be, you know, learn a lot from each other and it could be really exciting. And so did you get to watch any of the films um, or documentaries, sorry, of um, the directors that you were able to meet? And if so, what did you think of them? 
Well, sadly, there are five documentaries, I believe, yeah, five that were being talked about. So we probably couldn't stay there and watch all of them. But they did show clips from each one. And it was really powerful. Of Fathers and Sons, they showed an extremely chilling scene where the boy is talking to the father. They're talking about a a bird, I believe. And they are basically talking about how the bird came in and they had to kill the bird because it was more humane than have the bird try to suffer through its injuries. And the boy just randomly says at the end of the clip, is that how, and he mentions how the father killed somebody. And you have to remember that what Talal Durki, the director, was trying to do was show the life of people who were radicalized in the Middle East. So they were actual terrorists. And him talking about everything he had to do before he even went overseas to be able to be there safely was really incredible and just shows you the sacrifice that he had to make. Yeah, my, that is, yeah, the extent people go for documentaries, it's really, really inspiring. And what they do to help us be able to see these um, experiences and moments. And so how has this, um, I know that you've been attending this event, um, like you mentioned earlier. And so how, was this event compared to the other ones with the writers or the other um, filmmakers? Well, I like this one because it was definitely very uh, broad. It was a very good introduction to documentaries. While the other two, they were very specific. Like the first one was very specific in the director and acting relationship. And the second one was very specific in the writer-director relationship. This one covered the entire scope of documentaries and looked really high level of what it is to be a documentarian and what it is to make documentaries. I mean, they could have gotten to really deep details like what is it to write a documentarian script? What is it to work with uh, actors and historians? But I like that they kept it a little bit more higher level in this part so you can get really a broad aspect of the documentary genre. Yeah, that is important too. I think sometimes it helps to see this over overall broad perspective, like you said. And that is really fun and sounds like a wonderful experience. Um, so documentary film, it's been taking several new directions, I feel, over the past few years. So have you seen anyone, rec- any film recently that you feel sort of embodies what they're so- celebrating at this event? I feel like if you look at a lot of the Oscar-nominated documentaries this year, there are quite a few. I know a lot of people wanted Won't You Be My Neighbor to get nominated. I personally haven't seen the entire film myself, but based on what I've seen, it is an incredible, incredible film. Morgan Neville is an Oscar award-winning documentary, and his films are really well-known. And it just looks incredible, and a lot of people are raving about it. I know there are quite a few documentaries this year that really changed the genre and really took it into different directions. And I honestly just feel like documentaries themselves should be watched and listened to as much as film, because while documentaries are often thought to only be educational, I really do think they tell a story and really do think that they are just as entertaining, if well made, of course, as a fictional film. Yes, for sure. I um, sort of found a new love for documentary. Like I said earlier, I was sort of scared to watch documentaries because I thought they were always educational. But the way that filmmakers are able to um, educate, it doesn't feel like you're sitting in a classroom. You know, it really takes you into a different world. And so finally, how do you think that documentary has evolved over these years? I know you touched on it a little bit, but what do you think? I definitely think that we as a society has got this more broader, but I think we have a society have gotten a lot more 
individualized in our opinions. It's not anymore we, where we're all on one side. We all have very unique opinions. We're very passionate about those unique opinions. And I think the growth of the internet makes us all want to share those opinions. So you now have a lot more documentaries coming out about very specific views and very specific perspectives of things. And I think that's really incredible to see because, of course, before it varied a lot. But to think against the norm, think against, you know, everybody else was very rare and extremely brave to do. But now it is very normal in a first world country to have a different view from everybody else and to think completely differently. And I really love that that is happening. And it gives documentarians a lot more power to be able to really express whatever they like. Yes, that's amazing. And it's been wonderful to talk to you about documentaries and learn so much. So thank you so much, for Jer Jerry, for being on the show today. Thanks for letting me talk about it. Of course. So let's take a break. I'm Sahiba. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Monkey and Truck. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program. Kids First Comic Attraction. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley. We just got done talking to the wonderful Jerry Oars about Director's Close-Up, another type of narrative, truth of the documentaries. We also got done talking about Yokai Watch Season 1. And we're going to continue the show talking about Octonauts, Reef Rescue, and Sesame Street. Celebrate life. But right now we have... A group of new Kids First Film Critics, and we want to introduce you all to them. We have Catherine, who is 11 years old from Chicago. We have Massimo, who is 10 years old from Putnam Valley, New York. And we have Angelique, who is Lucas from Pomona, California, who is 12 years old. But also, we have um, Kayenta, from, who is 13 years old from Asheville, North Carolina. Gosh, there's a lot of you. So many new people, so many new film critics. I'm so excited for you guys to be on here. So... Let's get right into it. Um, first of all, how did you all hear about kids first? And I want to go to Angelique for this first question. Um, well, I don't know. I think, um, 
I think my <laughs> mom put me um to kids first because like um so I can get to know people and um and stuff like that. Uh, Masima, what about you? Uh, well, my mom found this Kids First program, and she thought I would like it. So I tried it out, and I eventually got to meet amazing new people, and I really like this program. It's a great program. I'm glad you're, you're, I'm glad you're on board, buddy. Um, Catherine, how did you hear about Kids First? Uh, my mom was looking around online, and she found this, and I'm so glad that she did, because I love it. And Kanta, uh, um, what about you? Yeah, I was on an auditioning site called Kids Casting, and something came up, and I tried out, and now I love it. All right, Lucas. Well, my mom came in my room and told me, hey, uh, they're doing this thing where basically kids can review films. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And she said, do you want to audition and try out? And I was like, okay, I got nothing to lose. So, yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Everybody's, it's funny because like everybody answered with, my mom told me this, my mom told me that. So let's just have a shout out to all the amazing mothers in the world. Thank you so much for getting your kids to come over here to Kids First because you're amazing. Well, I'm happy that you are all here with us um, on this radio show. It's great to have new film, film critics on, our bo on board. So let's get to know you personally because we're going to be seeing your reviews very soon, I'm guessing. And I can't wait to see what you guys create. So... Let's talk about movies, of course, because it's Kids First, and we talk about movies and television. So, uh, what are some of your guys' favorite films? Lucas, what is one of your favorite films of all time? Uh, I really enjoy comedies, but one of my all-time favorites is Uncle Buck. Oh my gosh, you're, you're a little bit too young to know about John Candy, aren't you? Nah. Now, Uncle Buck, that's a, ni that's a nice John Hughes 80s film right there. I love Uncle Buck. That's a great film. Catherine, what about you? Which one of your favorite films? Um, well, you might be wondering what, I'm, uh, like, what my mom lets me watch, but um, it is Legally Blonde, and I think it's a good movie because, I mean, um, I feel like um, there are good actors in it. I, I thank your mother. Thank goodness for our wonderful mothers on this show because you got to see Legally Blonde. Great movie. That's so hilarious. Uh, Masima, what about you? What is your, one of your favorite films? Well, you're going to probably be wondering what my mom lets me watch, too. <laughs> and also, Yeesh, there is so many films. I just can't choose one. But, well, one of my favorites would be um, the Pitch Perfect movies. They're just so hilarious. And the acting is great. And... Um, the music in it is especially great, um, and they recreate the music really great. Um, it's just a great movie, and there are a lot of great movies. There are. Picking your favorite movie is like picking your favorite kid. It depends yeah, on the day. Yeah. Depends on the day. So, uh, but uh, what about you, Kanta? Um, what about you? What is your favorite, your favorite movie? I have a lot of favorite movies, but I'd probably have to say The Greatest Showman because they're amazing actors and the singing is great. And you know, I just love musicals. Like, I've been acting in musicals since I was seven. So I kind of tend to gravitate toward movie musicals. See, I love movie musicals as well. I, I, so many people are like fatigued, like, oh, enough of La La Land already. But no, I'm going to blast La La Land as loud as I can. All right, we need more movie musicals. 
Well, wonderful. Well, we got a wide range of people here. We got we got animation. We got Moana. We got Greatest Showman. Legally Blonde. Pitch Perfect. Looks like we got a lot, lot of great films on here. Um, so it's great to have you guys on board on Kids First Film Critics. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. So let's continue our conversation with our new Kids First Film Critics. Uh, let's go into what you guys are going to be learning because with, with Kids First, you learn a lot. You learn how to write your reviews, how to film your reviews. You get to learn how to interview people and talk on the radio show. So what are you guys most excited for about being a Kids First Film Critic? Um, let's go to uh, Massimo for this one. The thing I'm most excited to do is to meet celebrities and um, to interact with them. And also to, um, well, have fun at cool events like the red carpets, especially this radio show. But it's hard to, even though it's hard to balance with all of my other stuff, because I do do some acting, um, I really like this program. Yeah, I, when I was starting out, I was like, oh, I can't wait to do red carpet reviews, because on the red carpet, you always want to do that. and It's, a, it's, it's also a, very nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's uh, terrifying sometimes. I remember when I saw one of my heroes, Mel Brooks and Morgan Freeman, I could not put two words together. I couldn't do it. But that's what's great about Kids First is that because of Kids First, it prepared me to be able to take those situations and be able to elegantly ask questions and talk to these people. So Kids First teaches you a lot. Uh, Catherine, what about you? What are you most excited for about this program? Um, well, my mom did radio um, a while back, and I think it'd be really fun to learn um, about radio and all that kind of stuff. And also, I'm just kind of excited for everything, but, I mean, one is radio, because, I mean, my mom did it, so yeah. And Angelique, what are you most excited for? Like, interviewing stars and, like, getting to know, like, most people and, like, going on the red carpet and like asking questions and stuff like that, and like like um like mo- like and also like watching movies before like they're they they're even out yet too. True, that's really nice too. It's kind of nice to be able to see a week or two weeks before they come out. It's you you you're gonna have some jealous friends. Some of your friends are gonna be like, you already saw it. Ah, oh, lucky. Kante, what about what are you most excited about? I'm kind of excited for everything, really. Yeah, when I signed up for this, I thought it was just like watching movies and doing reviews, but there's so much more to it. There are all the events, and there's the radio show, and lots of things. And I've already done some practice reviews, and those were really fun, and they taught me how to work under pressure and deadlines, which is good, because I was not good at that before. That's true. Deadlines. It's always... always these fast turnarounds. You see the movie, and then you then you write it, and hopefully you get you write it and you shoot your review all in forty eight hours or less, which is great. But it's 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 nerve wracking to be able to get those deadlines in on time. But that's what it is about journalism. You gotta deadlines, deadline, dead, deadlines. But honestly, after a while, it's like clockwork. You're gonna be watching a movie, and you're literally gonna be writing the reviews in your brain by that by the time that you're done with this program. So. Massimo, what do you feel like is something you really want to work on? Uh, is it you can be your writing skills, you can be your public speaking skills. What do you really want to work on while you're while you're part of Kids First? Um, a little about my writing skills, since they're not very bad. They're just 
not really there. And I also want to work on keeping my deadlines. Even though I'm very busy, I should learn to be more responsible and take less breaks. Definitely. Honestly, those I hated writing those reviews when I first started out, but afterwards, I, I loved them because the written reviews is a really good opportunity to get all your thoughts out. Uh, and Catherine, what do you want to really work on during your time here? Um, well, pretty much my writing skills and vocab skills, because I mean, I love to expand on my vocabulary, and um, it'll help like on being on camera, and since I do acting, it'll probably be um, good that I can do all that stuff, and writing skills, because, you know, everyone should um, improve on writing. Lucas? I just really want to improve on my public speaking skills, because I can sometimes stutter, and yeah. Well, Lucas, you may have not, you may not believe it, but I had a speech impediment. I couldn't pronounce my R's when I first started out Kids First. So I believe me, after a while, you'll be speaking to the crowds and you'll be able to public speak anywhere in the world. Kayante, what about you? Yeah, I really need to work on the videos. Yeah, because sometimes I have problems like remembering what I ev- the point I even wanted to make in the review. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And Angelique, what about you? What do you really want to work on during your time here? Probably, like, being on camera, because, like, for some reason, like, like um, I'm, like, practicing of what I'm going to do, and then, like, once I'm on camera, I, like, forget, like, everything I'm about to say. I agree. Here's the thing. The hardest part for me was the video reviews, because you want to get it all done in one take, and then once you mess up, you're like, oh, I got to do it again. So it's, it's practice, practice, practice. But soon it's going to be like riding a bike. Uh, so you all are going to be, you, all of you have done your practice reviews. Okay, well, I'm ex- super excited to see what all of you are going to do. Um, okay, final question. It's 2019. A lot of movie, great movies are coming out this year. What is one film that, we can, that you really are is super excited to review this year? And I'll put, in, I'll put in a good word with the boss to make sure you guys review that film. Um, Kayenta, what about you? I probably have to say the new live-action Lion King. Because mm. that was kind of like a childhood movie, and I watched it a lot growing up. All right, well, I'll make sure to put a note in there. And, yeah, I'm super excited for the live-action Lion King. It's going to great cast so far. So many great people are in that movie. I'm really excited. Uh, Asimo, what is one thing you're really excited to review? I just thought of a lot to say. I'm sorry if this takes very long, but the live-action movies coming out this year. I was going to say um, live-action Lion King was actually one of them. There's also going to be a live-action Aladdin and Mulan. There's also going to be a lot of sequels like Toy Story 4, um, Frozen 2, and um, Shrek 5, which I don't even know they had four Shreks. Um, one of the films I would also like to review is... Um, the Lego Movie Two, that looks like a really good movie. Definitely, no. There's a lot of movies. <laughs> I'm so I'm guessing a lot of Disney live action remakes. You want to check those out, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, all of you, I'm super excited to see what you guys create. I'm really excited to see your reviews in the next couple of weeks. So, thank you so much for being on the show, and I look forward to more conversations and more talks about movies. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Well. 
Well, make sure to check out all these wonderful Kids First Film Critics. We're getting new people more and more. And if you want to be a Kids First Film Critic, make sure to go to www.kidsfirst.org to learn how you, too, can review movies and be on the red carpets and be on this lovely radio show. We take people from all around from all around the United States. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Monkey and Trunk. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about yokai watch season one we've been welcoming our new kids first film critics and we've been talking about directors close-ups and other types of narrative the truth of dogs and next, we'll be talking with Angelique and Catherine, our new Kids First Critics, about Octonauts Reef Rescue. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Of course. And also, welcome to our Kids First Film Critic family. It's so good to have new film critics. It's always so nice to meet new people. So um, just jumping in, um, Catherine, 
Can you tell me a little bit about what adventures the Octonauts are on? Um, well, a couple are um, where they have to save some um, yellow-bellied, they're poisonous, yellow-bellied sea snakes. Um, there are convict fish. There are surfing snails, um, which I thought were very cool. And there were baby turtles, which I th thought were very cute. So um, they are saving um, all those animals. Oh, wow. That is so cute. And um, Catherine, so did you have a favorite episode in Octonauts Reef Rescue? Um, mine was the um, mine was the surfing snails because, I mean, I never knew that there was such thing as surfing snails. And, I mean, it was... I just thought it was really cool, you know. It was like a little vacation that they had um, to a little island. And so I thought that that was, like, really cool that um, they found surfing snails. Wow, that is really interesting. And, Angelique, how about you? Which was your favorite episode? Um, mine was um, the, the, the baby turtles because, like, it was so cute. And, like, um, how they were, like... Um, how like they were like uh, they they were like how we like like we learned like um like um like how many like minutes they had and and um and like uh it, like we learned a lot of facts about them and and it was like adorable and and um like I learned that like if it's like cold if it's like too cold or too hot. Then it then they wouldn't hatch. So like I learned a lot, and it was actually really um, entertaining. Oh, that's really interesting. I know. I remember um, I watched an Octonauts Reef Rescue um, DVD a while back, and I remember loving it and learning so much. So yeah, it's really interesting. And so Angelique, the title does say Reef Rescue, right? So um, is the entire DVD focused on reefs around the world, or a reef in particular? Like, I think it's, like, around the world. Okay, that's interesting. And, um, so, Catherine, what did you think of the voice acting? Um, I thought that they picked the perfect people to, um, play the animals, just like, um, how Quasi is just a little pirate, a, like, a little pirate cat, and I, the, uh, well, the voice actors were very talented, like, you know, so they made him sound like a pirate, and I feel like, um, the, the penguin Peso had a nice, like, voice to fit a doctor. Oh, that's perfect, and, um, Angelique, what about you? What did you think of the voice acting? Um... I thought, like, it was really nice, and, like, my favorite one was, um, Quasi, because, like, um, I love how he was, like, a, a pirate, and, but, like, he's still, like, like, um, helping and saving the animals, and then he tells, like, lots of stories of, like, um, stories about the, um, stories about, like, like, what he thinks is, what he thinks is going on, and he, um, and, yeah, and he has lots of, um, and he, um, I forgot what it's called, but, well, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, Catherine, did you have a favorite, um, character as well? Um, I thought that it was Peso because he's just so cute as a little penguin, and he's, like, um, I just love how his voice is so soft and comforting as, like, a little doctor. 
Oh, wonderful. That's so cute. And so, Catherine, what would you say that age range and star rating would be? I think that it is a four out of five stars, and I do recommend it for ages two through eight because, I mean, it's a perfect age. They're the perfect ages to start learning about, like, animals and protecting them and, you know, and teamwork. And um, I think that adults will enjoy watching this with their kids because, I mean, I watched it with my dad, and um, we all learned something new. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds adorable and interesting. And so, Angelique, how about you? What um, age range would you give it, and what would the star rating be according to you? Um, I think the range is, like, um, like two to, like, five years old. And, like, um, and I rate this, like, four out of five. Wonderful. Well, it was so awesome to talk to you, Catherine and Angelique, and have an awesome rest of your day, and thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you. Of course. So be sure to check, check out Octonauts Refrescue out on DVD today. Um, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, Sesame Street Celebrate Life. We were welcoming our new Kids First film critics. We just finished talking about Octonauts Reef Rescue. And next, I'll be talking with Catherine about Sesame Street Celebrate Family. Um, welcome back, Catherine. Hi, thank you. <laughs> of course. So, um, Catherine, can you tell me a little bit about this DVD and what were your thoughts about it? Um, well, overall, I thought it was so adorable. And so um, the Sesame Street Celebrate Family, it's, uh, it has um, five different parts, like, covering different topics. Um, like, so the stories include, like, Abby and her set family visiting Elmo for a fun father, uh, father and kids night. And they learn that um, different families do different things, and that is okay. And um, we, um, we see the challenges of Cookie Monster um, trying to make something for his mother. He just likes to gobble everything up, which is not a surprise. And Thursday, um, Rosita makes something special for her dad since he's away from home. And we also get to see a grandparents party, um, which sadly Elmo's grandparents couldn't make it. But he got to learn about everyone else's grandparents. Oh, this sounds adorable and so cute. Um, so how did watching this DVD make you feel? It sounds like fun. Um, I thought it was very cute and I, I feel like it's just it's just saying like it's important to make time for family and I thought it was just great for um young children. Wonderful. And so it's Sesame's fiftieth anniversary this year and which is quite surprising actually, but um why do you think uh Sesame Street has become such a classic? Well, I mean, it teaches stuff to kids and I think it's just it's just a great way to like have kids like, you know, like learn about um all these different things. Yes, that's so true. And Sesame is Sesame Street sorry, is quite famous for their songs. I mean, they're pretty catchy. So what did you think of the music and the songs in this DVD? 
Well, I thought that they were very clever and catchy and easy to follow along with. And I mean, it was just so cute. And the, the, um, the vocals for the singing was very cute. Oh, that is awesome. And so what is your favorite episode among the Sesame Street Celebrate Family episodes? It is probably the one about Mother's Day because we see like Cookie Monster try so, so hard to make something for his mom, but it always reminds him of cookies, so he eats it. Oh, that is so, so adorable. Cookie Monster is so cute. But um, did you have a favorite character? Um, well, yes, he is Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, Cookie Monster, he's quite amazing. But, um, so Sesame Street, it's, you know, like I said before, it's a classic. Do you think that it'll continue for several years to come? Do you think that newer generations will still be interested in it? Absolutely, because, I mean, if it's just lasted this long, then I'm sure it will go on from generation to generation. And, I mean, like, a lot of people learn from it. So I'm just like, it should stay on here, you know? So... Yeah, I, I completely agree. And were there any new characters that we got to meet in Sesame Street Celebrate Family? I do not believe so. I mean, I did watch Sesame Street when I was a kid, um, like younger. And um, I don't remember any new characters that we've seen, but um, who knows? It has been so very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how would you compare? Were there any differences or was it um, very similar with the Sesame Street you watched as a child and between this one? Well, I mean, actually, I have to add something. There is a new character. I believe that Rudy is, um, well, that's Abby's stepbrother. And I think he is a new character. Um, but, I mean, I haven't watched in a while, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, no problem. No problem at all. And so, what would you say the star reading would be? Did you like it a lot, or what do you think? Um, I personally loved it. I give it a, a 5 out of 5 stars. And I think I would recommend it for ages 2 through, I mean, I guess 11, because, I mean, I enjoyed it, so... <laughs> That's wonderful. I feel like I would enjoy it too. And so I wouldn't mind, you know, going and getting out this DVD just to have fun. And I can celebrate family too. But it's been such a pleasure to talk to with you, Catherine. Welcome again. We're so happy to have you. And oh, I can't you. wait to talk to you next time, of course. So have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so be sure to check out Sesame Street Celebrate Family out on DVD today. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our film Kids First Film Critics, team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsRoll.com, and KidsBuild News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Funky and Trucks. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.
you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week 